It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome back to the Masterclass and Manchester United Tactical Podcast brought to you by Manscaped. I'm Haider Abani, joined by my co-host as ever, Rob Blanchett. Rob, Manchester United have just crashed out of the EFL Cup or the Carabao Cup to Manchester City, a 2-0 defeat at home. I think there's quite a few uh, upset fans and people that are upset in the comments who will get to them. But um, look... On the whole, I don't really think that there was that much difference between the teams. I think the biggest difference between the teams is that Manchester City had more quality, I think, in the final third. And I just think it showed where United are currently in their development and where City are. And I think they're on a different level, not too far ahead of us, but they're on a different level still to us. And we still got somewhere up before we get onto that level and can compete on the, all these fronts. Yeah, hi to everyone out there today. Uh, obviously disappointing to get knocked out of a cup in the semi-final again for the fourth time in the, in a couple of seasons. But there is a big takeaway from this match. And the big takeaway is that where Manchester United were maybe two or three years ago, where they were light years behind this Manchester City setup, both from top to bottom, from the goalkeeper all the way through to their bench, to everything that they used to do when they were winning the title, the gap between us and them now is greatly reduced. Now, obviously, when you lose a cup game like this, it doesn't help fans out. Fans don't want to hear that kind of thing. But when you look at what we did today and how we set up tactically and how Manchester City set up uh, tactically, you could see that the differentials on the pitch were nowhere near as large as maybe they were just a couple of seasons ago. We were going into these games against Manchester City so badly kind of weighted towards us losing and to us feeling inhibited and for us not being able to play any football at all and just playing counter-attack football against the Manchester City team that would be silky and would play through you. What we saw today was, yep, De Bruyne got in his game, but there were plenty of things happening there with Manchester City that United managed to nullify. And let's look at it, the two goals, a set piece and then a badly cleared corner. That's basically what it came down to at the end of the day. If United had some more cutting edge in the final third today and some better decision-making, I think they get shots off. I think they test the goalkeeper more. And I think this could be a very, very different result tonight. But you're out the cup. It is what it is. But ultimately, for me, three points in the league at Burnley are still much, much more important than this result. Well, before we talk about the selection, guys, thank you for all your comments. We really want to hear what you think. I know there's a lot of unhappy people, so tell us why. Don't tell us you're unhappy. I want to know why you're unhappy, what you're unhappy, unhappy about, so that we can break it down for you guys. But we've got a comment here, Rob, uh, from Ben. Another flat performance from us in a semi-final. We know it's not really about City, given how we played against them before disappointing. Let's talk about that semi-final sort of 
monkey on our back because that is four semifinals now. And I think it's very fair to sit here and think, you know, United have got to take that next step and get into a final. It's really important. I know we had the discussion last week. For me, the Carabao Cup, Cup was really important. I think United had to win this. And I know we disagreed on this, but for me, United need to win silverware. It doesn't matter what it is. This side hasn't won anything under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And he hasn't won anything as United manager. So it was so important to win this. And I think it's very fair to question, you know, why United aren't getting to that next step, not getting to the finals, not being able to have a chance to win these trophies. Will you tell me, Haydar? Answer your question. You what? what, why United Why United aren't doing it? Why have United fallen at 4 I don't think they have, don't think have enough quality. They yeah. don't have enough I quality also, right now. And also, there isn't really an answer to it. The problem is, is that they've been in four semifinals and they've lost them all. And you can't really attach all four of them together because United were at different stages of their fitness or or whether uh, uh, whether they were favourites in the game or not or, or wherever you are. Manchester City against Chelsea proved that they're still Manchester City at the end of the day. Yeah, so the, 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 if we'd played them six weeks ago, we might have beaten them. But again, six weeks ago, United probably weren't in their development where they are at the moment. I think it's a very, very difficult thing to kind of answer questions that are just based in in mythology in many ways because you look at what United did tonight and as we're saying the takeaway is that the gap between the two teams has shrunk significantly now to me that's about coaching that's about development and that's about how you take 11 players and make them better within the the system of your squad so obviously we just uh, brought up here the formations and how United set out today when you kind of look at how United were playing midfield, we knew that they were going to play with Fred and McTominay, were going to go and do their spoiling work that they normally do. But when De Bruyne is that good, it's very difficult to spoil him. Yes, yeah? so you can't get near him. He's just too good. He drops into pockets. He goes to the right. He goes to the left. He's just incredibly hard to track. So it depends what you do really on the front foot. Now, for me today, I didn't think Bruno was great. I didn't think Rashford was great. I think the decision-making both those two were off today. But overall, the shape of the team held for most of the game. I think there was a spell maybe in the first half where City had a good 10 or 15 minutes where they dominated and United, it felt like that we might concede at that point. And I do think around the two goals, United was still probably on the front foot at those points. So the margins are so fine. It, it, it's not about, for me, about losing a fourth semi-final. I, I know that you've said that you want to get to a final of a Carabao Cup and win it. But like I will say, you go and win the Carabao Cup, it doesn't actually mean anything in your development. I know people say it does, but I've watched United win 13 Premier League titles. It's about doing what you're supposed to do in the Premier League. And that's what I'm seeing more of United. That's why I don't feel too bad tonight. Because, yep. Yeah, you want United to win this game. There's no doubt about it. Once you're in the semi-finals, you want to win it. But Man City were better today. And because they were better, I feel okay about it. I think if United had not turned up or bottled it or showed that they're still very much way behind the development curve of where we expect them, not just Manchester City, but where United are within their own skin, then I might feel a little bit more jaded tonight. But I don't. I kind of feel that, as Gary Neville said, at the end of the game there, it's it's really just a kind of, it's just a kind of blip. It's just a knock. You know, you, you've lost this game against a good City team. It's not, you know, it's not catastrophic. It is the Carabao Cup. And there are other tournaments to win which are more important than this one. I always feel like the Carabao Cup's a bit of a pre-season thing because everyone plays their reserves until the semi-finals. And, and that's kind of where it is, you know, like the big clubs, like in terms of their squads, like City and Liverpool in the past have done well because... They've had their rotation in those cups. And for United, I kind of think that we're on a on a different path. I think that we want to improve in the Premier League. Losing this game is not great, but it's also not the end of the world. It's fair points. I mean, I think, um, you know, a lot of people in the comments are upset. It's more to do with the fact that, you know, I think I share that sentiment where United need to get to that next level. And there's little steps in the road to progression. Progression is never linear. That's the most important thing. You're not just going to go all the way up to the top like that. There will be setbacks. Last season for me, I looked at us, three semifinals. I wasn't one that sat there and thought, oh, wow, United have gotten to three semifinals. That's fantastic. What great progress. Because for me, that was weak mentality and the squad was weak. And now I really think we missed... Cavani, someone like that, off to come off the bench. We didn't have many options. You look at it. Oli made the change... Uh, bought Van de Beek on late, didn't he? He obviously bought Mason on. But there wasn't really much more that he could have done. You've got five substitutes. And I just think you look at City's bench, and 
I know they had a lot of injuries, but they've just got they have more quality. But let's talk about the Lindelof and Maguire partnership because there's a lot of, lot of comments here. So I'm going to read a few out, Rob, before we go into it. The questions generally are: Why drop by for Lindelof? He just came back from injury and dropped by in the semi final. Should arrested by versus Watford. And you've got another. Uh, comment here from Jordan's thinking it's not about quality, but Maguire and Lindelof do not work. Ollie said excuses do not work. Why should we make excuses? Let's talk about their centre back pairing, Rob, because I think Ollie made the right decision to not play Bailly because Bailly's played four games in a row in a space of such a short time. Eric Bailly is someone that Man United fans want to see play in that centre back pairing. They obviously like Eric Bailly. I think Eric Bailly's done well. Now, we know his injury record. I don't think Lindelof was. Apart from the goal, that was shocking from Lindelof and Maguire. I don't think they played badly. I think fans want their favourite players to play. But then what if he gets injured? You've got to rotate the squad. We've got a game on Saturday. We've got a game next week against Burnley. Then we've got Liverpool. I think the most important thing is Bailly's playing in that game against Liverpool. Yeah, I completely agree with you with Bailly. I think you know he's played four games in a row. We know he's made of paper. We know he gets injured. This is the kind of combative... Uh, game in a cup match where you could see him doing something and getting hurt. And Ole does have to kind of balance the books ultimately when it comes to the players. You know, they, they, some of them will need rest. And as I've said before on this show, a lot of that is down to the status reports. You look at the fitness and see where they are. And and I don't think there's any kind of controversy bringing Lindelof back in for this game when Lindelof is still probably the starting centre-back. So, you know, I can tell that obviously fans want to see more of Baye, but I agree with you. I think we need Baye in the weeks to come, and they are the important games, not tonight, I'm afraid. But I think when you look at the, the goals again tonight, um, there was a lot of reaction, obviously, to the, the first Man City goal, and they blamed Maguire. Yet, if you actually look at the goal properly, it's Rashford and Pogba's fault on the front post. They have to get across and get rid of that ball. That ball comes across. It shouldn't really be going in front of Maguire like that. They're the guys on the front post. They're the ones who have to go and actually do that job in that moment. So for me, it was Marcus. I think, you know, uh, Pogba as well is in that area. So maybe he could just drop in a little bit more. But Marcus needs to attack that ball and he doesn't. It just kind of goes and he pulls up and the ball goes across the front. Yes, you would like Maguire to get a touch on it. Yes, you might want Luke Shaw to get even you know, closer to, to John Stones. But ultimately, it becomes a game of roulette at that moment where the ball bounces. Literally, John Stones gets his body on it and flicks it in. With the second goal, uh, again, another set piece. You know, we've talked about set pieces a lot with Manchester United and the problems that they have. And for me there, even though I thought he played okay today, I think Aaron Wambasaka with that ball there, Nod it away, nod it down. Don't don't just head it up in the air because it's almost like an assist. Setting it up for Fernandinho just to kind of volley it. He had all the time in the world and he, he smashes it right in the bottom corner. So it's a great finish. But for once, you know, look, I agree. Like Manchester United's defence still needs to improve. And there were parts of me tonight were saying, you know, if United can find their Van Dyke, if Manchester United can find that centre-back that takes you over the edge, takes you over the top, then United can push on. I feel, I feel more like that now than I ever have done before. And that's still with things to fix. You know, there's still players in this team where you kind of go, well, on their day. But there's players who are taking leaps and bounds. So for me, I think Luke Shaw's come on tons now this season. I think the progression in the last two or three or four games, you can see of whether it be his motor getting forward, he's overlapping, he's making shrewder decisions, he's still covering, he looks combative. So that's one big tick. We said there with Wambasaka maybe in the last couple of games after giving him a lot of, uh, a lot of um, criticism on this show before that he was showing some end products, but obviously we didn't see that today. I think you can kind of look at the players today that didn't quite do it, and it was maybe the, the, the players we've relied on for the big results. So it was Bruno. Bruno really didn't looked, looked off it a little bit today, and Marcus's decision-making was just horrible. So I think as soon as you take those two just – key elements out, which are Bruno and Marcus and what they do on a football pitch, you're probably going to lose, aren't you? Because they are your two players that get you over the top in most games. I think when you look at what City did today, you know, they look like a team that have just refound themselves in terms of their press, their, their kind of rejuvenation of what they're doing on the ball. And I said it in this show and other podcasts, City are going to win the title for me. They're the best team in the country when they play like this. They have got the best 
formation, the best shape, the best players. And when it clicks, they look good. Yet, Manchester United only lost this game today because of two really messy set pieces, really. Um, besides that, if United get a goal in this game, I think maybe earlier on, you know, we saw we scored off to two minutes, but it was offside. It changes the shape of the game and United needed to do that. They needed to hurt City today to pose the question. And what happened was because City kept their clean sheet, it allowed Man City just to play their game and to go on and win the match. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I'm going to read out Helen's comment here, Rob, because this is really what sums up um, how I feel as well. I mean, Oli's just said this, you know, City can score great goals, but when you concede goals like that from set pieces, it's very disappointing. Why do we still make these mistakes? That's the question I ask. You know, it's the same mistakes every single week, two set pieces. How many times in the last, you know, four, five, six shows have we said United have conceded from a set piece, whether it's a corner, whether it's a free kick. But that's a problem, Rob. And look, we've we've had a discussion. Is this coaching? Is this uh, the players? We've had this, this discussion. It's a little bit of both, Rob, because when you're making repetitive um, errors like that, they become habit. And United are making these errors habitually now. And it's a big problem. I think for me, when I look at it, I look at key, key positions across the pitch, right? The centre-back pairing isn't good enough to win the title. Let's be completely honest. That double pivot of McTominay and Fred is not good enough to win the title. Let's be completely honest, guys. We're loving what United are doing right now, but they're not good enough. The fact that Fred and McTominay are playing together, Rob, is because United don't have a top defensive midfielder or someone who can do the role, you know, that those two can do together. I think when you're looking up the pitch, I think we we do well in the sort of, I would say, midfield, attacking midfield area. I think the wingers are fine. Maybe we can bring in someone like Sancho, but looking at the fullbacks as well, they're not good enough to win the title going forward. We've had this discussion. So when you actually bring, put all these things together... We, we are still a work in progress. So I think people just need to maybe take a step back and assess that. We'd love to win the trophy. I'm not saying we don't. I'm just as upset as anyone else. But we're still, I think we're still a year away from really turning around saying, right, this United side can compete on all four of the fronts that we're, we're playing in. Yeah, partly. I also do think that when you talk about development and is someone good enough, you know, when you put those two fullbacks in at Liverpool, the first thing people would have said straight away was, well, they're not good enough. They're too young, one's from Hull, one's from the youth team. They're not good enough. You need time. And I think what we saw tonight is that this Manchester United team is not actually that far away. Now, we talked about there about repetitive errors and things that happen from set pieces. You can't practice some of that stuff. You know, you really can't. You can't. In that moment, if Marcus Rashford isn't switched on because he's not going to get across and get that head in, then that ball's going behind the defence and then someone might score. That's just logic. At that moment, if Aaron Wambasaka doesn't head the ball away successfully, then we, we again go, well, this is a set piece. I'm more interested in United's rounded play, the way United actually approach the game, the way United manage themselves in the match. That's what I look at in terms of being a football journalist and someone that's interested in the tactical side of the game. Now, I get it. People are going to find all sorts of things today wrong and they're going to get upset about it and they're not going to like it because Manchester United have just lost a game of football. But we must get out of this reaction recycle of every time Manchester United lose that the world is ending and this is the end of it. And this is what really kind of does my head in, whether it be on Twitter or just in general, because people, this is how we react. So if we'd won tonight, the world would have been fine and we would have gone, well, United won tonight, so we're, the, we, we're great, fantastic. It's neither or, you know, never too high, never too low. You know what I always say? I look at it and I don't feel at the end of this match that Manchester United got blown away by a team who are miles ahead of them. And this has been my worry for six, seven, eight years is that Manchester City have progressively pulled away from Manchester United. And you don't just see it in the league table. You see it when the two teams face each other. You see City play United off the park year after year after year. Home and away, home and away, home and away. It doesn't matter if you beat them now and then. You might beat them once and nick a result at, at Main uh, uh, I was going to say Main Road. That's how old I am. You know, at the Etihad and beat them 3-2 or something like that. It doesn't matter because they're just one-off results in derbies. But it's more about looking at the tactics and the coaching and the setup. I look at that today. I think if Bruno plays better and the Marcus plays better, this is game on. Yeah, everything looked much more balanced across the pitch than it has done in years gone by. So I'm not going to get upset about it because I look at that and I think to myself, no, that's good. I don't think now they'll go to Burnley and play the game against Burnley and feel, oh no, we've just had the bottom ripped out of us again and we're now going to collapse because it just feels like they've made tons of progress 
this season when at the start of the campaign, when they lost those three games, we were all going, is Ole going here? Is this the end of his reign? Doesn't feel like that to me. I know what you're saying about pairings. I agree with you. You know, I think that United might need one, two, maybe three to come into the core eventually. I will say you buy players, don't you, to improve your squad. But I think I see things that are progress. And tonight, it was just a little bit too short. If they just had a bit more creativity, they could have got over the line in this one. Yeah, I agree. We're going to address... Um the offside i think we should talk about the get going offside a lot rob because there's a lot of questions about that so i'll address that a little bit later but i want to talk about that gap because i think that's important so henners has got a comment here or question but isn't this a reality check it shows we're not at the level yet i think the biggest thing right is that we as rob says don't get high don't don't get too high don't get too low i think as fans we've got a little bit excited where we are at the table run and it's a great achievement where we are and you know after seven years of not being anywhere near a title race at this stage, and it's still so early to say, but not being where we feel like we want to be and where we used to be, it's, it's, it's difficult for fans. It, look, we're all fans here and we found it difficult, but United are now in a position. I don't think United are as good as what we're seeing, you know, what the table's showing. And I don't think United are as bad as what people are saying tonight. I think it's always somewhere in the middle. When we've, I look at it... We've achieved nothing. This is the other yeah. thing, you know. We're, we're, in a, we're, in a t we're in a title race just because we are, right? Just because we've, we've won games and we are where we are in the table. If you look at the table and feel that that is always just a, res like a responsiveness of where the football club is, then you're wrong because it's more about attitude every week and how you go about your business and how you work through it. And can the team actually pass the football? Well, now I'm kind of leaning towards, yes, we can actually pass the football. It wasn't that long ago, start the season, we say United can't pass the ball along a strip of grass. So I, I don't feel high about United being at the top of the table and lots of people were tweeting me last week going oh Rob's not high about United being you know one point off the top or, or joint with Liverpool at that stage and I'm kind of going no it's just because the best is still to come that's what you have to wait for you have to say to the team the challenge is there now you've put yourself in a good position after 15 games now you your job not to go and mess it up so you look at the League Cup to me the League Cup doesn't register because it's not the ultimate ambition of Manchester United the ultimate ambition is to become the best in England again and to become one of the best in Europe. Winning the League Cup doesn't get you any closer to that. So I know that I might sound like a, you know, a Debbie Downer on all those things, unfortunately. But for me, it is more about where does this team stand against the other teams around them? Today, we're not that far off Manchester City. And a year ago, I, I would never have said anything like that. I just said we're miles behind them still. Yet, if United go and find their next Bruno Fernandes in the transfer market, whether it be January or, or the year after that, I think this Man United team will be pretty close to the City team and close to that Liverpool team when they lose Mohamed Salah at the end of the season. Yeah, he's gone, isn't he? I, mean, I, I can very much expect him to go. But Rob, let's talk about, because there are a few comments here. Jordan's got one saying, but our creativity was holding us back by a defensive approach. And uh, some people are disagreeing we with that. Today, though. We weren't defensive today, though. We weren't defensive at all. No, no, I don't it, think we were defensive. It's a crazy assertion. We were not defensive today. We were progressive. We played through the line. So it, it was just that we were not creative enough. I think in that final third, there was that ball that uh, that Bruno played to Marcus uh, oh, on the outside yeah. of his right foot. And really what he should have done is just driven it because there would have been being two on one and they could have obviously picked the lock then. But Bruno tried to play a kind of beautiful, sweet, poetic ball through the gap, and he didn't need to. So for me, it was about decision-making. I don't think we were defensive today. I thought, you know, playing that 4-2-3-1 that at times when it goes to that system, that's very natural for Ole's tactics. You know, he plays that a lot, whether it's on the front foot or on the back. I think um, when we're looking at it, I mean, let's, let's talk about coaching a little bit because I think what you saw United today against a side, probably who are one of the best coached, in Europe, Rob, I think we can't dispute that. And Pep Guardiola yeah. is one of the best. I mean, they're absolutely fantastic. And I think a lot of people have been sleeping on City. We know they've had a difficult, slowest start to the season. I mean, defensively, they've been fantastic. I thought Ruben Diaz was absolutely outstanding today. I think he's been the best centre-back in the league since he joined. I don't know why United weren't looking at a player like that, Rob. I really don't. There's two defenders at City. I'm Eric Laporte and Ruben Diaz are two players United should have been looking at or at least been considering because, look, you've seen what Diaz has done. He's a, for got me, eight, eight centre backs in the squad. That's why he didn't. Yeah, but him. I think I think United have obviously shown that they're not the greatest of buying centre backs. I mean, I don't think any of our centre backs are on the level of Diaz. Not the greatest not of buying players, Haydar. 
Yeah, not the great. And that's a big problem. The recruitment's been crap for eight years. So we we are now in a two-year cycle with Ole, where Ole's recruitment has been supremely better. So I do think that we might get to a stage where we go right now. We have to go and buy a centre back. I think that's the way it is. But I don't think we lose today today's game because of our centre backs. There was it wasn't about the centre backs today. You no, know, they, actually, they, they managed the city attack pretty well, and cities all the city's play was really in front of the penalty box because in, in as a whole, Maguire and Indov did okay today. They weren't fantastic, but they didn't really have to kind of chase too much either. They just play position. So again, it's one of those hard things to say that when we sit here and we say, "All right, we need a centre back to become better." But then every week we are also saying, oh, but the centre-backs have played well this week. So it's hard, isn't it? Because you kind of go, well, if they've played well, like in this game, I don't think you can look at the centre-backs and blame them for the goals. Yes, like I said, you might want Maguire to get a touch there, but that's not about his all-round centre-back play. That's just the moment. You know, in that moment, what do you do to make that stop? And as I said to you, it's those two guys on the front post who've got to do better on that ball. It's swung in low. They can get their heads on it. Go and do your job defensively. So that's what I blame for that. But yeah, you know, without kind of expanding it too far, you could buy a better player in almost every position, what we're saying here, and sell players who are not as good. But I don't think it works like that. And I think we've seen that with Ole, is that it's going to be a much longer process than just buying someone, dropping someone, and feeling that that is the, the kind of all-encompassing answer to becoming better. Well, I think that's that's a question I wanted to... Or that's that's a topic I want to go into now, guys. And I want to hear your comments on this, please, because it's your engagement's been brilliant. It's what makes the show so brilliant. But when you're looking at this Man United side now, so I think there's two things to it. You're seeing the lack of quality in key positions is what we said earlier that's one of the one of the key areas but i think also is it valid questions to say well you know what pep guardiola is just on a different level to ollie and i think today tactically with the false nine i don't think we dealt with it well i think de bruyne is picking up those pockets of spaces city do this every time they play they drag you in and then they put put push the ball out wide that's what they do that's what city do and i think today what you saw is actually the fullbacks were coming too narrow i think what we saw and what you've been saying about wambasaka consistently for the last what maybe five six weeks he comes too narrow his positional sense is not great and we saw that today and i just think rob honestly that it what worked for ollie in the last game which was this four two three one four two two whatever you want to call it that works, but I just feel like when something works, you know Pep Guardiola is going to change it. And I just don't think that maybe Oli came to this game. He went with the same thing, but that was a league game. We played for, well, it was a draw. So United had to win this. It's a knockout game. I feel like where Oli perhaps, and this is not, I'm not saying Oli out because that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying where he perhaps has that lack of experience is when something's worked once, but you've got to tweak it. You've got to, you can't use the same thing again. This is one of the best managers around. And I just felt like United went into it and I, while they didn't play badly, I, I don't think they played badly. I just felt like it was predictable. And when we wanted to change it, we weren't able to change it. It's just the same old rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think anything was about coaching tonight. I really don't. It wasn't about who coached out, out coach someone tonight. It was punch and counter punch and who had the better moments. That's all it really came down to. Like I'm saying, you know, Rush shows that he can stay on side, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Then United might win this game. Do, do we then talk about coaching? It's difficult. I think United look a much better coached team than they ever have since Sir Alex left. Yeah, so this is a kind of seven or eight-year period we're talking about and two Hall of Fame managers in the middle of that with Mourinho and Van Gaal, who were great coaches. You know, let's let's not kind of take anything away from them. But they never got United playing in a positive way that allowed you to think that you were closer to Manchester City suddenly. I, I just don't see it. You know, I don't think tonight that Ole went there and Ole kind of laid his kind of his, his kind of pieces out on the chessboard and moved them around and Pep went, Haha, watch what I can do. I'm the great Pep Guardiola. Hey, look at that. And we destroyed you. It didn't work like that. It wasn't the game I watched. I didn't see any of that. I saw today, I was thinking during the match, who's the better player, Kevin De Bruyne or Bruno Fernandes? And I will say, hand on my heart, the better player is Kevin De Bruyne by miles because Kevin De Bruyne just needs to sit in the middle of the park and he can conduct the orchestra. Bruno has to work really, really hard to get the chances he gets. You know, Bruno has to work like a dog and he worked like a dog again today. And I think that's partly why he makes errors sometimes because <laughs> I think if I ran around like him, I don't know if I would have the stamina to make the perfect pass every time. 
So when you look at that and you have those pieces, you know, we're not even talking about someone like Raheem Sterling today, who is still a top player. He might not be at the top of his form, but Raheem, Raheem Sterling would walk into Manchester United's team in general if he was on form week to week to week. You just talked about Diaz, or who came into the league. He was a bit of a left field signing in terms of what Guardiola wanted. But you now see this kind of pairing of Diaz and Stones, which is completely crazy. No one would have ever thought that Laporte wouldn't be able to break these two up. So I don't think it's about coaching. Like, I didn't see anything tonight that made me think, oh, do you know what? Ole's team selection was just rigid and it looked wrong. It didn't, it didn't work. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so as well, but that, there's, I think there's valid questions to But it's ask. a narrative, isn't it, Haydar? Like, well, it's, I'm glad, you're right to ask the question, yeah. but it's still a narrative. And that's why I went, because it just sounds like the same thing we hear all the time. If you win, you're a genius. And if you lose, you're terrible. And it's neither are true. So I, I looked at it tonight and, and Ole's right. You know, if you, if you give City two goals like you did today, you deserve to lose. And they were the better team just but it's it's such fine margins you know it wasn't like watching city versus chelsea was it did you watch city chelsea the other day it looked like men against boys and that looked like a coach who was miles ahead of the other coach i didn't feel that today and i'm not saying that being pro ole or anything i think united set up well i think they executed, executed the game plan pretty well what they didn't do was just creating that final third when you needed some magic. I thought Martial was a little bit off today in as well in terms of he didn't really get the service, but he didn't really have the magic either. He looked a little bit little bit slow. And I agree with what you said about Cavani. I think if you had Cavani in this game, he was kind of perfect tactically for this today. Just to kind of play on the last man and give John Stone some proper number nine problems. Yeah, and, and, and when you take that option out of the team, which is where we are with the suspension that he got, that's that's how it is. You can't magically change those things. With injuries or with a loss of form or suspensions, all of those things just hurt you impactfully when you want to change stuff. I like the shape. I like the tactics. I like the way United played City all the way for 90 minutes. At 90 minutes, City, United was still chasing the game. United was still trying to find a way back into the match. And in years gone by, you know, 75th minute, this game was dead against Man City. They'd pass it around the back for 15 minutes and we'd sit there crying, going... I, I Honestly, Rob, though, I never... I, I, as soon as the goal went in for City, I'll be completely honest with you, when City scored the first one, I thought United aren't getting back in this. I, I didn't. I thought we were blunt. I'm going to read out this comment, Rob, because I think it's uh, it's a fair one. It's obviously di disagreeing with maybe how you feel. So Soko saying here, yeah, I think we're giving City way too much credit for tonight. I agree they were brilliant on the ball, but they really didn't create anything from open play. If our attackers did better, we would have won. Uh, do you do you not think? I mean, this is my point of view. I think that people are thinking this is a city that we played the other week. You know, mate. Well, how long ago was it? Two, three weeks ago. They, they're a different side right now. I honestly think people need to maybe watch them a little bit more because then they're full of confidence now. And I said after they beat Chelsea 3 and I'm like, right, they're back in this title race. They're going to be coming up the table. They're creeping up. And I just think they're starting to hit a bit of form. And I think we all came to this game like United are going to win this easy. I saw this on Twitter a lot. United are going to win this easy. And I thought, I thought United would win 2-1 personally. So I was a little bit disappointed in that respect. But I was not taking City easily because... I know they haven't really hit the stride that we expect from them, but they're packed with quality, Rob. And I do think that perhaps maybe some fans expected to win quite easily that now obviously it's such a disappointment. It feels like a massive uproar. And I'm not sure if you agree with that, but that's kind of how I'm seeing the situation right now. I think I, I think it's difficult because I think we are... like This show's about analysis, isn't it? That's why we do the masterclass to analyse stuff. And sometimes... You can overanalyze things and overthink things and become paranoid within your own skin about how football works. And, and sometimes you just have to simplify it and kind of rein it all back in. Now, looking at Manchester City, they were my tip on day one of the Premier League. I tipped them and I still tip them. And the reason why I still so tip them I. is it, yeah. the, the Premier League is a long, long campaign. It takes a lot of time. Sometimes it takes you time to kind of get up to your best. But the whole idea is that if you get to 15, 16, 17 games in, if you're kind of six, seven, eight, nine, ten points within the top, then the title could be yours if you click. I, I said last week on another podcast that I think City are one of the only teams in the league that can maybe go and win 15 straight in the Premier League. I don't think Manchester United are one of those teams. I don't think Manchester United are as good as Manchester City and I don't think Manchester United are as good as Liverpool. And that is where we stand today. So everything is about incremental gain. 
slowly but surely, position for position, trying to find ways of being better within your own skin and not thinking about opponents. And I think today United went out there to win the game. You know, I think, you know, if United score in that second minute and whatever it was kind of very early on, it forces City to do something different. Instead, what we saw was City played well on the front foot during that spell. And I think overall, you know, we're saying, do we give City too much credit? I can't give them credit enough. They're one of the best teams in the world. I don't care what people say. They might not be as good as they were. They're still one of the best teams in the world. They've still got Kevin De Bruyne. They've still got Sterling. They've still got Mares. They've still got Aguero sat on the bench with Jesus. You know, they've bought a really good centre-back. You know, Cancelo is showing that he's a really good fullback. They've got fantastic player. Top, they've got top players in all their positions, and they are much more of a finished product than Manchester United. Forget their form in terms of Man City. Forget where they have been in the last few weeks. Think about what they are and where they are in their development. And in their development, they're miles ahead of United. We know this. But the difference is on the football pitch now, 11 versus 11, when they're together like that, it doesn't look as awful as it has done for seven years. And I've watched those games. I've been there and gone. I, I still remember. I said it, I think, again, I think in our masterclass for the, the Man City draw, the nil-nil draw. I, I remember Kevin De Bruyne getting the ball in the halfway line and running in a straight line towards David Haya. And just walking through our team and our team kind of like the, you know, the parting of the the kind of Dead Sea moving across and him just running down in a straight line. And those were dark days. I remember walking out of Old Trafford going, we are so far behind this team. They are miles ahead of us. Now we are not miles ahead. We're still up. We're still a heartbeat behind them. Definitely. You know, they do have that development. And, and obviously the, the real challenge for Ole is to now go and find those one or two players that get you that bit closer. And it's like Liverpool, yeah? When Liverpool were like this with City when Liverpool weren't winning the title. When they didn't have De- when they didn't have Van Dijk and didn't have Alisson, they were saying the same things we're well. saying today. They were going, we're getting closer, but we need two or three players just to get us, a, just to get us within, you know, punching distance when we're kind of really like throwing those right hooks. United are there now. They weren't there a year ago. When we were talking about three semi-finals last year, those three semi-finals don't matter now. They've gone because this team has moved on. I think this team is better than the team that ended last season. And I think it's better than the team that started this season. There's been improvements across the board. But it is slow and you have to accept that it's slow and then find those players that get you over the edge. And like when Liverpool got Van Dijk and when Liverpool got Alisson, they got there very quickly. They were there instantaneously. Suddenly they're winning a European Cup from coming fourth or fifth in the Premier League before. And people saying, oh, are they even going to get in the top four? They they win the Champions League. Next year, they get no one gets near them in the Premier League. And I feel that that is how football teams develop. It takes time. But I'm more high on United set up now than I have been for a very long time because I see tangible development within the players and within the tactics. And that's why I asked the question, Rob, regarding coaching because what you're saying here is that right United have got a side that's developing but to get to that next level they have to bring in quality so that's what I'm saying is it the coaching or is it a quality I think I think it's quite clear tonight that it is definitely a personnel thing in terms of United need more quality in defensive midfield center back they still for me Rob need Jaden Sancho or someone of that ilk on the right I still believe that and I think we we just need to Look, I'm someone who has been impatient, but I do genuinely think tonight is, I think there's a big overreaction because we expected to win. And that shows a shift in mentality. Years ago, when we, I mean, think about last season where we played City in the League Cup. No one expected to go through. Do you remember? Hmm. We won the game at City in the two-legged. No one expected to go through. This was just before Bruno came in. Now we're sitting here. We're all upset. We're, we're, we're cursing. We're, you know, we're frustrated because we expected Man United to get through. So... There has been progress. Did we really so I, I, expect? Did we really expect to just turn up today and beat Man City? I do fans, think there's a large bit in the fan base that thought that role. If fans believe that, then they are absolutely delusional. That is not football. That's not where this football club is. You know, it, we, this was always going to be tough tonight, and there was a, a better chance of beating this Man City team than maybe there has been in previous years. And this is why I'm kind of like I'm not trying to dress it up just to be positive. You know, I'm I'm 
laying it out in a way that I want football fans to maybe grasp and hold on to. That's something that isn't just, oh, we lost today, so I feel sad. Because as we know, there'll be tons of fan channels doing this tonight, won't there? Going crazy, going, Ole out, Ole this, United of this, United of that, Pep's God, you know, and it's all rubbish. It's utter rubbish. It's not sport. It's all conjecture. It's all tabloidism. And we don't do that on the masterclass. So the idea here is that I, I want fans to have their say, definitely. I want them to kind of to express their emotions and ask questions that kind of put United in the box. So we kind of say, right, where are Manchester United today after every match? Where have we gone? Do, where this we one, go? Rob, this yeah, let's look from uh, Hajj. Thanks, Hajj, for all your comments. It's great. Guys, get your comments in. Let us know if you disagree with us. That's completely fine. We'll put them up and we'll discuss them, uh, you know, as, as it should be done. But he's saying, no, we're miles behind. We had I a great think chance. Miles I think behind. No, we, we have been miles behind. For seven years, we've been miles yeah. behind. I don't think we're miles behind now. I see it as we've made up huge amount of, uh, you know, of the gap between us and City, but I still think we're behind. Not miles behind, but I still think there's considerable... You can see the gap in quality. Uh, you can see that's a side that's won two Premier League titles, multiple uh, League Cups, uh, FA Cups. You know, they, they've won they've won the lot domestically. I just think that we are, we are behind them, maybe a couple of years behind them. And I just think that unless we invest in quality players with that gap will still be there Rob and that's we the important that. thing Bring we know that, that, will no, change. that, that nothing yeah. tonight changes that nothing tonight says that United don't need to buy players we absolutely know that Manchester United over a period of a course of one two three four five years and forevermore because that's what football is now you have to go and buy players to make you better don't you but you've also got to find ways within your team and your system to win matches and this season United have done that so if you take you discount this result, that's why I say, Haydar, it's kind of pointless saying, well, we lost four semifinals. So that must mean something. So let's find a reason for that. Well, there is no reason for that. You lost four matches and you probably deserve to lose all four of them. So that's football. That's sport. That's how it works. You know, if you don't turn up on the day for whatever reason, you get punished. I don't think today was about United, say, not turning up. I read some of the comments up here and a lot of people kind of saying, oh, United, you know, just didn't look at it today. And I think that, yeah, in the final third, one or two extra passes, we're in, aren't we? We score a goal, it changes the dynamic of the game. And United didn't feel like they had that zip in the final third today. So you have to lay it at the forward's feet, don't you? You have to say, what, what did Bruno do today? What did Marcus do? What did Anti Martial do? But all of their kind of playing the record this season has been pretty good. You know, we, that's why we are where we are in the league table, even though, like I said, I don't look at it. You know, I know why we're there because you can't get there without winning games and playing well over a period of time. So those, that means more to me, like saying about the coaching. And again, it goes back to maybe the Pochettino question. You know, so Pochettino's your coach today. Does he out coach Guardiola? Well, no, he doesn't. He might be a better coach in the long term and that might get you where you want to be. But I don't think that that's the question with Ole anymore. I think that the systems and all are pretty smart and they're pretty strong and United play good football. We're an attacking team. I thought we tried to attack tonight without much purpose in the final third. It wasn't like tonight was low block Mourinho, eight at the back, let's soak it up, let's kind of stifle De Bruyne and maybe get one counter attack and win the game, which we have done in the past. It wasn't that. It felt more progressive. Read out a few comments, Rob, before we talk about uh, Rashford's offsides, mm -hmm. uh, which was quite frustrating today. The One United podcast, one mistake, one wonder strike. We weren't outplayed by any means. Frustrating, but not the end of the world. 100%. And GAH Cameron saying here, the table in, at the end of the season will help indicate how much we have closed the 100%. gap. So, Rob, let's talk about the offsides. I know Monitoring FC asked this question very early on, so let's talk about it. Rashford was offside quite a lot today. It's very, very frustrating. He's asking, and I think a lot of fans probably are asking, why is he doing this? Like, is it a you know composure thing? Is it a, you know a coaching thing? Is it because he's playing on the right and he's not used to playing on the right? He's more comfortable on the left. You know what? What is it that's Rashford? Why is Rashford doing this? Is his decision making because that's something that's been brought up as well? I mean, for me, look, it's frustrating, but I just think it's. It's just one of those things. I mean, I, I just don't think... I think he just needs to trust his pace. That's it. There's nothing more to it, really. I, I just don't think it's... A lot of people getting so upset about it, but um, it's just one of those things, really. And Andy Cole was born offside. Yeah, Andy Cole had a pretty good Man United career, didn't he? You know, it, it's one of those things. Players who play on the edge 
get caught offside. And what you have to learn is that, yes, I am lightning fast, so I just I just bend arc my run a little bit more. And that takes time. Now, you're not telling me that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer ain't coaching him how to be a, not a last-man striker, as he was one of the best ever at Man United, coming off the bench and being able to break lines. So I don't think it's that issue. It's not a coaching issue. Again, it's an intangible. You have to say to Marcus that he has to look after himself in those moments. And yet, he's caught offside two or three times, and there's been plenty of times a season where his decision making has been flawed but he has to improve that but it's not a reason to kind of suddenly say well yeah you know it's not working so we do something else it isn't it's just a case of progress take it slowly Marcus no Marcus will watch the tape here after games they get tape they sit and watch it together they find reasons and rhymes and they say why did things happen and Ole will be saying that to all his attack he'll be saying you just rushed it a little bit too much you either play that pass hold your line and then you're in, and that was your mistake tonight, and if you solve that mistake, you probably win the game. That's how thin this margin is. And yet, when you lose a game, the questions, the big lateral questions come up, don't they? Is Guardiola better than, than uh, Ole? Is Ole any good at coaching? All of these things are not really about those things. It's about that split-second moment. And I think with Marcus today, he looked mentally a little bit off. I think also Bruno did. And it, it's not kind yeah. of... They're, they're two players that play every minute for Manchester United, pretty much. And I they're, do I mean, think... They're going to be rested on the weekend, Rob. It's pretty obvious now, isn't it? They're going I don't to know if they will be. I, don't, I really don't know. The, because I don't to. know. I, don't, I think after this game tonight, you know, he'll be thinking, I need to put my best team out. And like, like they said, when um, Bruno was rested against West Ham... It lasted all of 45 minutes and Bruno had to came on the pitch because we were in a mess. So I think that even though the squad is deep and rotation is still available, I might have been tempted to play Van der Beek tonight. I said that before the game. I was I didn't put it out in my team, but I thought that there was an option there to play Van der Beek tonight and maybe play Bruno from the bench. But if he'd done that, obviously the world would have gone mad. So he played Bruno. But I think that there is there is definitely the right thing to do is to try and get some rest into these boys at the moment. There is a period coming up where... You might find with COVID that there's a natural break in the Premier League and we might see that the Premier League gets closed down for a month or six weeks. So that will be in Ole's head and every manager's head. So he might play players now in a way that he might not play, say, later on in the season. I think with Bruno, he did he looked a bit tired today mentally and so did Marcus. I think Marcus playing on the right is a positive thing because it allows Pogba to play on the left. And I don't think Pogba ripped up any trees today on the left, but I thought he was okay. But United, that shape, I like it. But for Marcus to bend his run rather than coming in and out from the left, which is what he's used to doing, but bending it coming left and right, people will say, well, there's nothing, there's no different in that. Well, if you practice that a thousand million trillion times in your head and you've done it on a training pitch, it is very different. And I think there is that with Marcus is that he's playing a bit too close to the to the last man. And that's why he's getting caught offside. Both those balls were quick passes actually through and he'd gone early. So they were looking for him because he'd gone. He would have said, I'm going early. You've got to play me early. And let's let's be honest, it's, it's 0.0000001 of a second. That's the difference in the Premier League and against top teams is that it's so close. And you know with John Stones and with Diaz, they are going to sit a little bit flatter. They're not going to kind of, be, you know, they're progressive players, but you, you're going to try and beat them early. You know, you're going to try and beat them on the front foot. You're not trying to get behind them so much because they will drop and read you. And it didn't work. But it didn't work because Man United are terrible. This is the whole thing. It didn't work because our attack is an awful attack. Or it didn't work because our midfield is completely fragmented. And we didn't lose the game because our centre-backs are just ridiculously slow, even though they are. It wasn't those reasons today. It was just because Manchester City are in a good moment and are still better than Manchester United when it comes to the punch. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Look, I just I just think in the moment it's disappointing, but we've got to brush ourselves off. We've got two massive games next week, Rob. And that's why I want to talk about sort of the final word. That if Man United go and win against Burnley and Liverpool, we're suddenly top of the table. So, you know, and then it'll be the other side, the other extreme. Everyone's going to be so happy. Oh, United top of the table, they're going to win the league. It's always one extreme to another. We need to be more balanced. Right, that's, yeah. that's what we I beat, just We beat for. Burnley 3-0. So we beat Burnley 3-0, we go top. 
And all the comments are, we're the best team in the world. So it's it's kind of like, th- th- this is the whole thing about it. And I don't want to keep preaching in terms of like, this is a kind of uh, Rob seminar about how we stay calm. Because it's not that, because football is about passion and it is about emotion. We, we should feel all of those things in the correct moments. And the correct moment after when you've lost a game like that is to kind of sit back and go, well, hang on, were we the better team? Not for me. I think City were the better team today. They've gone through. I think they deserve to go through on it. Did Manchester United turn up? I think they did. I didn't think that they were awful today. I think there were things they could have done that were better, but it wasn't like there was a huge gap between them. And when we talk about coaching, and we do this on this show a lot, was there a huge difference between the tactical approaches of both managers that made one manager have a better advantage than the other? For me, no, there wasn't. There wasn't. Pep didn't do anything genius like today. He played a false nine. He plays a false nine quite a lot. It's kind of normal. What he's done in the past is played De Bruyne as a false nine, and De Bruyne absolutely killed Chelsea as the false nine. This week, he played De Bruyne deeper so he could get on the ball, and they played through that way. But they didn't really create loads of chances. So I think United did the right things in terms of nullifying most of City's good work. But overall, City were just the better team, and I think they deserve to go through. I just want to pick on this comment, Rob, from Henners. Yeah. Uh, I just think, you know, th- there's a lot of people in the comments saying, oh, we're not going to win the league, so what's the point? Let's win the League Cup. How do you know? How how do we know? Like, today we lost the, we lost the game, fine. But how do you know that we aren't going to carry on playing? We're playing well in the league at the moment. I'm not, I don't think United are going to win the league personally because I don't think they have enough quality. But I don't understand what this overreaction is. Oh, well, we're not going to win the league anyway, so we should just go for the, the Carabao Cup. It's the end of the world. United lost the Carabao Cup. Yeah. It's just, it's just, just with that, just with that, yeah, just with that question. Like, I, I, I agree with it in principle. So, this is why Manchester United sacked Lou Van Gaal and sacked Jose Mourinho. And we'll forget about David Moyes because he was just a terrible, terrible mistake. If you believe as a, as a board or as a chairman that your manager won't take you to the level that you want to be at, and we know that Manchester United want to win trophies, Manchester United want to win the Premier League. If you do not believe that, then you sack them. And I'm telling you this now, the second Edward would believe that, he sacks Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because he's ruthless. He doesn't care about those things. People can say, oh, he's a yes man and that's why he's there in the job and he's a legend and all of these things. I'm sorry, his record over the last 12 months does not show any of that stuff. He's not in the job because of lip service. He's in the job because he's actually got results. Not always when you want them, but overall, Manchester United, I keep the same stat every week about being the same amount of points as Liverpool over 12 months. Yeah. Those things do matter because when you're sat in the boardroom, you're looking at facts. You're looking at stats and facts. You're looking at what what do these things mean? Do they match my expectations in the long term? I think Manchester United are getting closer. They are getting closer. And I think with Ole, you either love him or you hate him and neither of those things matter. What matters is results. And if he doesn't get the results, so he's lost tonight, that's a black mark against him. He now knows that he has to go and beat Burnley. He knows that which is why I think he'll play his strongest team, no matter who's tired or who's ready for games or all of this. You know, you can see who he relies on. We know that that, that team's starting to pick itself, Haydar. You know, like we said, like last season, there were times when we kind of go, he can't change it because he hasn't got options and, you know, he hasn't got a striker off the bench and Nagalo can kind of do 20 minutes here and there and all this. I think now we're looking at this team and we're kind of saying, that is the strongest 11. And that's a good thing. You know, like Tellers has just been brought into the club. He's not getting a game, mate. He's not going to get a game. Luke Shaw is miles ahead of him at the moment. Absolutely, astrologically far in the distance of him. Completely different players than what they can give at this moment. Doesn't mean Tellers doesn't get games later. But the squad itself in the first team, it feels like there's balance there. And balance is progress. It's not always the most exciting thing, but it means that you go into games ready to win. And United, I feel, are getting there. It's what Where I'm coming from, Rob, is where this defeatist or just negative mentality where we can go into Liverpool three points ahead. The pressure's on them to beat us. We don't have to win the game. We can draw that game and still be at the top of the table. So I'm trying to say that there's too many that are saying we've lost this now. That's it. Our season's going to unravel and we're not going to win anything. Well, how do you know we could be top of the table next week after the Burnley game? So who would have thought United was singing? I'm not saying United are going to win the league, but be positive. I'm honestly not doing the whole fan channel thing. I've said to people this, and I'll say no, it on I, this I, show I, now. I've said, like, I've, said, I've said this to the... Now, I'm talking about the commenters and people obviously saying yeah. it out loud. You know, this is not the show for you if you want to cry about Manchester United in terms of your emotions. Yeah, this is about tactics. This is about setups. This is about how the club is moving because 
what we said about doing the masterclass is that there is a huge gap to talk about these things because most of the fan channels will just cry. Like if you win, you're happy. And if you, you lose, you're sad. It's like boo-hoo or hooray. We are somewhere in the middle. Some weeks we'll, we'll win a game and I'll sit here and say we were crap. Yeah, I'll sit here and say we weren't good enough. And there'll be other weeks when we kind of lose a match and I'll say, do you know, it's probably the best United played for six weeks. Because that's these are facts. This is kind of how we are. We try to work with things that are much more factual than just emotions. You go and be emotional. Go on Twitter. Cry about the results. Be upset. You know, you know slam your pint down on on the table and be you know sad for twenty four hours or what not. Put it away. Get ready for the next game. The next game is always the most important. It's not great that you got knocked out of a cup in the semi final. No one feels great about that. But I tell you what, you beat Burnley. Everyone's forgotten it. It's gone. You let this it go. This is my point. You know, Rob, we've sat on this podcast many times and I've turned around openly and said, I want it. Pochettino. Pochettino's gone. I still have some doubts about the long-term suitability, whether Oli going to Solskjaer come in the title here. But when you're going into next week and you could be top of the table going to the champions, three points ahead, I'm sorry if you're complaining and getting really upset about this result today, then I'm sorry. That's just an overreaction. That That's the way I see it. And I think that we should just Temper it a little bit. You know, everyone could be upset. I mean, I'm disappointed with today. I think United didn't play the way I wanted them to. But you've got to look at things in the in the grand scheme of things. You know, it's not just get we shouldn't react on game upon game. It should be let's look at where we were after the Spurs game and let's see where we are now. Has there been improvement? Yes. Are we the finished article? No. Are we the best team in the league? No. But we could be sitting top of the table next week. So that was my final word. I want to say, Rob, what's your final word before we wrap up? And, and, and that is my final word as well, because ultimately progress is not measured in these small doses. Yeah, you don't mean just because you see something on a day that you like doesn't mean that that means that the club is moving in the right direction. It's it's a complete accumulation of 20 or 30 or 40 different factors. And this is why we want to talk about things like coaching and tactics, because they do get overlooked, either whether it be with fan channels or even with the popular press. You know, they'll, they'll overlook certain things just to kind of play on a narrative. Why? Because narratives get you clicks. So we are not going to do that. We want people to watch this show to look for the stuff that goes on underneath the skin in football. And I think with Manchester United, and you look at Ole and how he's doing things, I feel good about it at the moment. And as I said, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and sing praises and say, Ollie in. Yeah, that's what I, that's how I feel. Like I said to someone the other day, I'm Manchester United in. I yeah. want what's best for Manchester United. That's how I look at look at the world of football for me with my supporting my football club. You know, and you're right, you know, like if, if it's not working, if you think to yourself, no, this isn't the guy who's going to take you on, I will be the first one to stand up and say it's time to sack Oleg on the Solskjaer. I'm not bothered about whether he scored that goal in 1999 in the Champions League final. It doesn't bother me that. I'm judging him on the football I'm seeing on the football pitch now. And that's how he should be judged. And I think fans like tonight, once they get over the kind of disappointment of losing to Manchester City, you know, last year... He beat Man he beat City three out of four times last year. It just so happens that he lost the game that was the semi-final last year. So if, if that three out of four is a little bit of a different configuration, then Man United go to a final. And in that final, they might win something. Yes, you know, that's kind of how it works. So the margins are still fine in terms of when you're looking at comparing it to club to club to club. I don't think my final word in this is this. I don't think we are so far behind Manchester City now where I think maybe a year ago I would have just completely dismissed it and gone, we are miles behind them. I don't think we're miles anymore. We're getting closer. We are in, we are absolutely there behind them and we are in their mirrors. They're looking at us going, something's going on there at United and we have to be careful of this. So you might feel that they go and invest to improve. They've got trillions. That might happen. But for United... It's about having smart transfer windows now, bringing the correct players in the correct positions. And it's not as obvious as just being that player anymore and bringing someone else. I don't feel it like anymore. I feel like United need to kind of go and find players that will make the squad stronger so you can keep rotating, but without losing quality in football matches. It was a decent match today. United weren't fantastic. They didn't deserve to win it, but it's certainly not worth you know chucking the cat in the river for it. Absolutely. And guys, look, I, I really do appreciate all the differing, and Rob does as well, all the differing views. That's That makes it really interesting, makes it much more of a debate, and that's completely fine. I just think, you know, today was disappointing, but next week we could be going to the champions, going to Anfield, three points ahead of them. 
And then I would say, sorry, Hayden, as well. Can, I would say to comment as well. Tell us what you think you would change because I think this is what this show is more about. You know, people like Hayden ask me questions and I'll throw it back to him. And we talk about concepts and tactics and the kind of lifeblood of Manchester United, what we want to see. But from you guys, from commenting, it's it's fine to be emotional. We want that's cool. Just let it out if you want to. But we want to hear your solutions and aren't pose questions that you think might be where Man United should be going. Because I think that's more about what fandom is. It's about kind of having an opinion, an educated one from you guys who watch football 24-7. You live and breathe it. You know, that, that's why I've got a job as a journalist, you know, because you guys read all our stuff and watch us. We want that from you. We want that interaction. You tell us what you think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer should be doing. And we can kind of say, yeah, we agree or we disagree. Exactly. Absolutely spot on rob guys thank you very much for listening make sure you join us next week after the burnley game we'll also be live straight after the big one against liverpool this is the masterclass the number one manchester united tactical podcast and we will see you next time sports social podcast network